and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Service Monster Podcast. Today we have a very special episode. We have a guest with us today. Robert Atlas joins us, and um, he's got an interesting story that I wanted to touch on. We've been doing this a long time. Service Monster's been around since 2003. Um, you know, I've been in the cleaning industry personally for 18 years, but you know, as many of you know, Ed York is my grandfather-in-law who kind of birthed the cleaning, carpet cleaning side of the cleaning industry. Um, Steve Brandt, father-in-law and so forth. It's really fairly common for a cleaner to get a decent level of success and then start to dream about what it might be like to franchise. Because we realize maybe a little too late sometimes that, oh man, this is not going to make me a $50 million a year business. Uh, carpet cleaning will put food on the table and your kids through college and, and present a really nice life for yourself. But if you had bigger ambitions, franchising might be one of the only ways to go. But most people don't realize what that takes. At a minimum, you're looking at a year and $100,000 in legal fees, documentation, setup, that kind of thing. And so as many people that are ambitious and have done very good in their personal businesses want to do a franchise, they often fail or fall short or start to get into it and then realize, man, this is just way too much work. Robert is one of the only people in my 18 years I've seen successfully build a franchise-like model. I say franchise-like because I still don't fully understand, Robert, what it is you've got going on there. There's a little bit franchise, a little bit training, um, but I, I thought I'd bring you on to kind of tell us your story, your journey through that, and what your model looks like, what you went through to put that together. Because I think a lot of people who are very successful in their cleaning businesses who have thought about this would gain benefit from learning from someone who's actually done it. So thank you so much for coming on today and, and talking about your story. Oh, thanks, Joe. And I really appreciate the opportunity um, coming on and getting to share a little bit about you know, what I've done in my story and I appreciate it. And, um, I guess, uh, I'll start with, uh, back in the beginning. <laughs> um, I, uh, moved from New Jersey, born and raised to Las Vegas and started, um, I worked for another carpet janitorial service for about a year and then started my own uh, company in Las Vegas. It was called Atlas Brothers Carpet Care, hoping to get my brothers involved. And one of them was involved for a while. And um, I had, you know, some success. I was young, made a lot of mistakes. And about uh, 12 years into it, I kind of had a change of life and got involved in a Christian church, non-denomination Christian church. And um, basically sold my business uh, to my brothers and um, they did it for about a year, year and a half and decided it wasn't their thing. So that just dissolved. And I went into full-time ministry and I did full-time ministry. My wife and I, I met my wife in the church, got married and uh, did full-time ministry for 17 years up until the end of 2009, uh, beginning of 2010. Um, my wife and I, after 17 years of doing that, decided to resign from our position. Uh, there were some differences there, and so I moved on. And at that time, uh, it was the real estate 
kind of bubble that popped. And um, so kind of the worst time to resign from a 17 year old career. And at the time, me and a couple other guys, we owned 14 houses we had bought and, you know, with this dream to buy 40, 50 homes for kind of retirement. And that the real estate market had, you know, the bottom had fallen through. And so basically I went through, you know, a radical change of life, left my career that I enjoyed of 17 years, um, uh, lost 10 of those 14 houses, um, had no debt at the time. And then my, you know, credit score and everything kind of plummeted because you're foreclosing on some homes and my own home that I lived in, uh, that we built and, and really loved, uh, it, it, we just about lost it. So it was a tough time end of 2009, beginning of 2010. And, um, I ended up going to work for a uh, corporation a company called direct buy, uh, they're a national, uh, company and they have franchises. And I think they were up to like 166 locations at the time I went to work for them and I traveled around and the whole idea was to become a managing partner for them and then buy one of their franchises. So that's where I got the idea of a franchise in my mind. I worked for them for seven and a half months, saw that my ethics and their ethics didn't match up. So, um, I left there after seven and a half months. I was traveling, came back to Arizona where my family was, my wife and two boys, and um, didn't know what I was going to do. And I had a set of carpet repair tools for my first business that I had never sold. And they were in the garage and um, had this idea. I put a Craigslist ad up on Craigslist saying basically a text ad just saying, carpet repair man, I can repair your carpet instead of replacing it. Very short text ad. And my phone started ringing as I was dressing up, you know, in a suit looking for a quote unquote real job. And uh, the phone started ringing and, and um, I uh, realized after about ring. a month and a half for a new job uh, in sales and management, that was my background that, uh, there's something here with this carpet repair business. And uh, it was it was amazing, actually, um, from a Craigslist ad. Um, I did like 2,000 my first month, like 4,000 the second month. I started in November, December. And then I realized that, you know, I'm probably not going to, you know, continue to look for a real job. I'm probably going to start my own business, which my wife wasn't fired up about, honestly because I had done that once before. I wasn't that fired up about it, but I needed to make money to pay the bills and try to rescue our home that was going into foreclosure. So I did it. And um, out of desperation, uh, went out. There were days when I was looking for a, a real job that I had, was on a, had a suit on, had my carpet repair tools in the back of my Jeep Wrangler at the time, uh, slapped a couple magnets on the door. I would go do a carpet repair job put jeans on, work boots and a college shirt, do a carpet repair job, and then, you know, bring some deodorant and cologne and stop in a parking lot and get spruced up, put my suit on and go to a job interview. And I did that for a couple months until I realized that there was something here with this carpet repair business. 
and uh, called my brother-in-law at the time who lived in Flagstaff and said, hey, I don't know anything about the internet other than searching for something that I want to buy. Uh, I probably need to build a website and uh, can you help me with that? He went online to you know, GoDaddy and found out that no one had owned Arizona carpet repair. So he, I was broke. Uh, he bought it for me for like $14. ArizonaCarpetRepair.com, and he built out a website for me. And then I began to read a couple books and how the internet worked. And, you know, because of my years in the ministry, I have friends all around the world. I started asking some friends for some help in marketing. And um, next thing you know, you know, the phone's ringing more because I figured out how to get online, you know, how to position my company on Google. And um, we used to have this thing, believe it or not, Joe, at church, it was called good news sharing, where, you know, before service, people would raise their hand and we'd pick on them and they'd share about, you know, how God's working in their life and what good is happening and uh, a, a, a success story. And so this whole thing about reviews um, really intrigued me because most of the time people only wrote a review when they were complaining. And I thought, man, we need to figure out a way to get people to write reviews when they're happy, not just when they're complaining. And so I kind of began to put all that together. And then my mind, the way it worked when I was buying homes, I wanted to buy 40, 50 homes and, you know, make it. I thought, well, what if I can build these businesses? What if I can uh, build multiple businesses and apply the same strategies that I'm having here in Phoenix uh, with my success. And I started posting on Facebook just before and after pictures of torn up carpet. And one of my friends from Dallas, uh, I think you might know him. I think he uses service monster, Ed Doss mm -hmm. uh, runs Dallas carpet repair. He called me up and we used to serve in the ministry together here in Phoenix. And he he said, hey, is this something you can teach me? And I said, you bet. Um, you know, let's get a plane ticket. You can stay at my home with me because, you know, his family and my family, we knew each other well. And I went on Craigslist and I started buying used carpet repair tools, a knee kicker, stretcher. And um, basically we began to build out Dallas carpet repair and um, funny story. Ed was here training for a week. I was teaching him how to do carpet repair. He was not in the industry at all. He wasn't in the carpet cleaning side of things and nor carpet repair, but um, he had a willingness to learn and we were buds. So I taught him. Well, last day of training on a Saturday, the phone rings back in Dallas for a job. He answers the phone, steps out of, we were in someone's home doing repair work. He steps out of the home, books the job back in Dallas for Monday. Um, he's going to fly out the next day, Sunday, back to Dallas after training. And so we're all excited, right? He has his first job back in Dallas, and he's not even done with his training yet. Monday morning, he goes out to the job and make a long story short, the house he rolled up on was like a $10 million house, something crazy like that. It happened to be Ross Perot's house. Oh, wow. So Ed goes to stretch Ross Perot's master bedroom carpet. The butler meets him outside, brings him into the home. Ed's in there stretching the carpet. There were some long draperies hanging down. Ed 
stretched the carpet, tucked it, made a cut, and he wasn't looking where he was cutting because the draperies were in the way, and he sliced his whole hand wide open, like 13 oh. stitches Jeez. in his hand at his first oh. job. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm calling him that morning. He's not answering the phone, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Are you at the job? And he's like, I'm mad at you right now. I can't talk to you. I'm in the hospital. I'm like, you're in the hospital? What's going on? So it's kind of a funny story. Wow. Ed's become quite a carpet repair uh, expert, uh, you know, but it's a funny story to share. So basically I started buying all the carpet repair domains nationally. Pick a city, Seattle, carpetrepair.com, Las Vegas, carpetrepair.com. I was blown away that no one had owned these URLs. And so I started to purchase them as well as here in Arizona. Um, after doing some research, I figured that Arizona carpet repair wasn't the best domain after I started learning about things. And, um, I bought Phoenix carpet and that's what we do all our advertising with, uh, and wrap our trucks with this Phoenix carpet repair. And then I ended up buying Scottsdale, Tempe, Glendale, basically, you know, all the big cities from the largest to the smallest. And I started building out websites um, with their own name, address, and phone number, uh, NAP listings, and started working on all of that stuff. Um, and, and basically, the first probably nine, 10 guys I got up and running were friends of mine that saw my success and saw knew me, they trusted me. Uh, they knew I'm a pretty straight shooter and honest guy and I'll tell them like it is. And, and, uh, they ended up coming to town. Finally, my wife got mad one time. She's like, all right, no more trainees staying at our home. <laughs> uh, they need to get hotel rooms. And so we just began to build systems, uh, which service monster has been, you know, a huge help to us, uh, building our business here, um, in, in Phoenix. And um, um, I just put up uh, Raleigh uh, Carpet Repair uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he's our 34, 34th location uh, in the last 11 years. I, I, I did my first location in Dallas. I was doing it for about a year here in Phoenix before I gave birth to Dallas. And then, you know, so on and so forth. I think Las Vegas was the next one and so on and so forth. And um, uh, now I'm reaching out to people that do carpet repair that maybe don't need my training on how to do carpet repair, uh, but they just want marketing done, uh, done for you marketing. And so our program uh, is um, not called a franchise because of all those legal fees and um, it's called an area exclusive business with done for you marketing. So you're lead generator, essentially. A lead generating and coaching because right. it's really important. Like for instance, this young guy, Harley, he heard a podcast that, uh, um, uh, Dustin, I think Dustin or Dusty did for me. He's a guy from Sacramento about two years ago in April. He did a, uh, uh, a podcast 
uh, you know, not a video, just voice. And he interviewed me and Harley was cleaning com commercial carpet one night and he was frustrated uh, with his business model. And he heard the podcast and he called me the next day and he said, hey, man, I'm interested. What, what does it take? And I explained to him like this. Um, if you don't know carpet repair, you'll come here. You'll spend eight days with me here in Phoenix. I don't travel anywhere to train anyone. They come here to Phoenix because we have an office. We have a, a warehouse so that people can be, you know, set up for success with homework assignments and so on and so forth. Um, and so basically what I do, Joe, is I charge $15,000. That $15,000 includes us building out our assets that we own, the URL in that city or state, um, eight days of training, five days in a truck with me from eight in the morning till about five, six o'clock at night. And then that's on the job doing the work, you know, in people's homes. Then I give them homework assignments here at my office warehouse and they stay from six till about nine, 10 o'clock at night working on those homework assignments, hands-on in the back warehouse. And then in the morning, I come back into work at eight. We review their work that they did, talk about adjustments that need to be made. And then we go back out in the field for another eight, nine hours and do it for five days. On a Saturday, I send them out with one of my technicians to learn a little bit about cleaning and obviously carpet repair because my technicians do both. I don't do any carpet cleaning. I just do carpet repair and carpet dyeing and now water mitigation, which I'd like to talk about a little bit as well. But um, I got the idea, a really good friend of mine who's become a partner in this area exclusive thing with me, Jeremy Quinn, he he's amazing at marketing. Uh, he, he works for a company. They do about 85 million a year in, in the product that they um, sell. When he started them with them, he was doing they were doing about 45 million a year and through Internet marketing it more than it's more than doubled their revenue because the power of the Internet and um, getting five star reviews and that type of thing. But he turned me on to this uh, marketing genius. And Joe, you've probably, I'm sure you've heard of him, Dan Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've shared and his Dan Kennedy, a few times. Yeah. Dan, Dan Kennedy sets up, you know, you sit at Dan Kennedy's feet and you pay, you know, thousands of dollars to sit at his feet and learn. And he does a lot with chiropractors and dentists and orthodontists and different types of services. And basically, he sets up this area exclusive deal. And that's where we got the idea from, uh, from Dan, Dan Kennedy. And we call it in our contract. We had a lawyer drop this contract for us. It's a very simple three page, very straightforward contact. Anybody can quit anytime uh, and not do business with us any longer if they don't want to. Uh, with 60 days written notice. So I don't believe in, you know, locking people into long-term contracts. Um, I, I wouldn't feel good about that if they're not making money. But uh, every area that we've set up thus far has had success. I have not had a failure yet because I'm picky uh, in regards to who I train. I won't just train anybody. For instance, I had a guy come here from Louisiana. First day of training, he was 10 minutes late. 
I sat down with them and said, listen, that can't happen again. I run a tight ship here and you need to be on time. I'm giving you my time. You're giving me your money and you want to be trained and it needs to be a great, you know, symbiotic relationship here. And uh, next day he didn't show up. He stayed out drinking and was hung over and slept through his alarm. Well, the next day I gave him his $15,000 back and I sent him packing. And I told him, good luck. Um, you know, I can't work with people that aren't serious, you know, about really, you know, being on time and you know, doing business together. So it's not just about money. It's about finding the right people, people that are willing to work hard and, you know, they're teachable, they're coachable. And so this area exclusive business opportunity, it's one person per area. And uh, so there's no threat of competition um, from us as long as we do business together, you know, they're, they're, they're that person in that area. It includes uh, a full set of carpet repair tools, $3,000 worth of tools. It includes the, the eight days of training, five days with me, one day with one of my technicians, and then two days in the office with my office staff listening to phone calls come in uh, from real clients that have questions and, you know, my dog got locked in the room and he dug his way out under the carpet and I need that fixed and I don't have any extra carpet and what do I do and those types of things or I need I need my whole house restretched and it's full of furniture and it's got speed bumps throughout the whole house how do I do that well don't worry we have a moving company that we work with and they show up before we get there and they begin to move stuff so they learn not only pricing they learn hearing from real clients um, that are calling in with these carpet issues, then carpet cleaning is my add-on. Carpet dyeing is my add-on. My main service is carpet repair. And there's just not a whole lot of people that were doing carpet repair 11 years, 12 years ago. Now there's a lot more because I think I've made it a lot more popular, quite frankly. Um, there's more competition here in Phoenix where, you know, 11 years ago there was none. Um, but people have seen me because I'm pretty vocal, you know, socially and, um, they see me traveling and, you know, whatever, driving a nice car. And they're like, Oh, he, he's not that smart. I could probably do a better job than him. You know, and they, <laughs> they try to, they try to re, uh, duplicate what I've done. I mean, I've had people literally take my pictures that they've, uh, that I've taken from jobs and put them on their website and, you know, begin a carpet repair website. I've had to sit my lawyer after a few people to uh, tell them to take down, at least use their own photos, right? Um, and so again, five days with me, one day with one of my techs, two days here in the office, listening to phone calls, pricing jobs. And then when they go back to their home city, I coach them for two months, every other week on the phone for about an hour. And then they become part of my private Facebook group called Between the Fibers. And that's a private group. Only the people I've trained are in that group. Uh, no drama, you know. Um, a lot of these, you know, forums and Facebook groups, there's so much drama and uh, oh, yeah. different things yeah. like that. But um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that, uh, any of that type of stuff. So, so anyway, um, and then, then I charge them, depending on the population, it works out to about – Every million people is about $1,200 a month. And some of that money that they pay monthly is used because we do ads on Google. Uh, we do 
you know, pay-per-click, we do search network um, and display network advertising on Google. Obviously, we build out a Facebook page and some other things that we do, but the main source of our lead generation is from uh, Google, uh, Google Maps getting five-star reviews. We're, we're on our way to 5,000 five-star reviews in 11, 11 and a half years. And I've used Yelp, Angie's List, HomeAdvisor, the BBB I'm a member of, uh, our Chamber of Commerce, and I get reviews on all those sites. So I believe in diversification, just like my you know, uh, retirement portfolio. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? And so that's what we built. Um, we're, uh, I'm getting ready to put my 35th location, Washington, D.C., Super excited about that area. And um, it's worked really, really well. Um, whoever's in that area, it, meaning, for instance, Washington, D.C., I don't care who's there. I don't care how long they've been there. Doing all white hat SEO, we could get to the first spot on Google. And it, it's, a, it's a multi-prong approach to doing that. But all white hat SEO and uh, it's worked really, really well. And um, the gentleman I told you about earlier, uh, Harley, that heard that podcast uh, last month, he's a year and two months, I think, in business now. Last month, he did just under 20,000 in March and he started in COVID 19. Yeah. Um, Did he have a business prior? I'm sorry. Did he have a business prior? He, he had a carpet cleaning business with him and his dad, but they did more commercial and he's not doing any of that any longer. He gave the, the half of the business that he owned with his dad, he gave it back to his dad. And because he saw that this was going to be successful, because one of the things I do is I give out all the phone numbers of all my guys to anyone I take any money before I take any money. And I say, listen, call these guys. I'd like you to call three to five of them before I take a dime from you. And I want to make sure this is a good fit before we proceed. And so they can build relationships. So I'm not the only point of contact when they run into a repair that maybe they haven't seen. If I'm traveling or I can't answer my phone, they have a group of people in that Facebook group that they could reach out to. And now they spoke to a few of them. So it's not weird for them to call them and ask them for some input. For instance, Joe, I have a guy that I've been mountain biking with for four years. He's become a good personal friend. His name is Derek Bach. He's actually using Service Monster as well. Um, he he watched me, you know, do this business for the last four years, and then I bought a side by side this last June, a Can Am, which is a money pit. Um, uh, started riding with him, having a good time, and he heard me talk to some of my franchisees, my area exclusive business partners, as I like to call them. And uh, he's he he worked for Loves. He was in um, the corporate side of Loves, you know, the the fuel uh, stations uh, nationally. And one day he said to me, "Hey, man, I'm sick of my job. I've I've been with them for 18 years. I make 120,000 plus a year, and I'm just tired of working for them. And I'd like to buy uh, Austin Carpet Repair from you." And I'm like, "No." I don't want to sell you one of my 
things. We're friends. Number one, you're going to move, and I'm not going to have anyone to mountain bike in Can-Am with any longer. And number two, you know, sometimes it gets tough doing business with friends, right? For sure. Um, most of the time, it's tough. And so I, I had a sit-down talk with he and his wife together, whom I know. She's a sweetheart. And um, I tried to talk them out of it. And uh, they decided they wanted to do it. He's been up and running for two months now. And, you know, he's respectably doing eight, ten grand a month for the last two months. He's making less, a little less than he made at his corporate job. But I just had a phone call with him earlier today. And he said, I said, you want to, he's at a job right now, stretching and cleaning carpet and doing some carpet repairs. It's like a thousand a, a dollar job. And he thinks he'd be there for about four hours. And he has his wife with him today, helping him. And I said, ah, you want to go back to Love's, you know, kidding around with them. Don't you want to go back there and work for them again? He's like, are you crazy? He goes, listen, I might be at this point, two months into the business, making a little bit less than I was making after 17 years working for Love's, but my quality of life is completely changed. And I love what I'm doing. I'm helping people. When I leave people's homes, I fixed a problem that they had. And I saved them a lot of money compared to carpet replacement. And so he loves the business. So I have, have all these stories of people um, like that, Joe, that, that, you know, for a lot of these folks, it's hard to come up with 15 grand. Uh, I have this kid, David. He started a month ago he, from Orange County. The kid's 21 years old, Joe. He uh, saved his money himself. He didn't borrow any money from his parents. He's worked two jobs as a 21-year-old kid. He heard about me from Rick Aranda. Mm -hmm. And Rick, Rick told him to call me. And he called me. And within a month, he was here training. And last, uh, he, he's been there for a month, uh, a month and about a week now. And he called me earlier. He was at a big job. He wanted some advice about this job he's at. And he said this week he's going to have a $2,000 week. Now that might not seem like a lot to somebody, but for starting a business five weeks ago and he's having a $2,000 week and uh, he gets tips all the time. The, the, the kid's gotten like 25 star reviews in the last five weeks. He's just a great student and he's really, um, you know, wanting to learn and, and be taught and, and coach. So I like doing that part of this business because it kind of appeals to my pastoring, kind of mentoring, coaching portion of who I am. I enjoy seeing other people be successful. I enjoy, I'm not threatened by that. There's many people in this industry that think, you know, if you're doing well, you're lying, you're making stories up. How can you make that much money doing carpet repair? You know, those types of things. And um, I get a lot of enjoyment, number one, teaching someone the physical aspect of doing a carpet repair, but I get more enjoyment in seeing them build their business and, you know, eventually hire employees, get off the truck themselves um, and really build, you know, uh, something that they can be proud of. And so I hope that that clears it up a little oh, bit yeah. in terms of a franchise in comparison to a uh, area exclusive business opportunity with marketing and coaching built into it. Sure. And, and it opens a door for me. I, I want to ask you a series of questions here that I know that many people will probably have in mind. 
Um, what is the average ticket for a job? You know, um, that really depends. That's a great question. That really depends. And what I've really striven to do when I first started, I was only encouraging them to do carpet repair. Um, uh, now I really encourage them if they're able to start from the beginning or maybe just a couple months in to add on carpet cleaning quicker. Sure. You're in the home already. But and then you can our, really get your. Most of our clients are going to be already an established business, right? They're going to be doing cleaning, whether, whether it's carpet cleaning or window cleaning, exterior washing, whatever. Right. So, so just if I'm a carpet cleaner and I've been in business five, six years, and I'm fairly successful, but I'm still struggling to get off the truck because my average invoice is 250 bucks. And I'm, right. you know, I'm trying to make ends meet. I'm trying to grow this business. Um, you know, reacquisition right. is tough. What can I expect from an exclusively carpet repair invoice as far as my average invoice for just a carpet repair? All right. So I'm looking at my service monster from today. Um, we let go of an employee two days ago. And really unfortunate, but it happens sometimes. And he was with us for almost four years, and it just uh, conflict of interest. We we separated ways. So I was out in a truck today. My first job, I got there at nine fifty nine. I checked in and I checked out at ten twenty nine, and the job was four hundred dollars. And I gave them fifty dollars off. So the job and was pretty common. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for, I'm just giving you a couple of examples. After that, I went to a home. I got at this home at noon. I checked into the job and I knocked on the door at noon. I left at 1.30 and that job was $230. Uh, the first job was an hour. I made 400. The next job I made 2.30 and it was an hour and a half. Right. As the crow flies. So, I mean, I, I'd have to look up my service monster. I think we're somewhere right around four something, an average ticket, my, my business here. Um, I believe we're somewhere around the four something, uh, average invoice, uh, 400 and something dollars, but I'd have to, I'd have to look and see, you know, that fluctuates month to month. Um, and that's, it's really important to understand this, Joe, that's only carpet repair and cleaning with carpet dyeing sprinkled in and rug cleaning, no restoration. Of course. When I started, when I started my restoration business, I actually started a completely separate LLC, LLC, separate business name, phone number, website, uh, legal entity, bank account, everything separate. So I don't, I don't expect my carpet repair and cleaning guys to do restoration. Okay. Right. They're out in a carpet repair cleaning truck. They have their schedule, their three, four jobs. We don't do any apartments, Joe. The only time we do apartment work is when the client hires us. So I don't do any work for apartment managers. I stay away from that work. I, I did that work in my first business and uh, I just learned that I didn't want to do that in this business. I wanted to work just for homeowners or someone that's renting a home. Yeah. So talk to me about repeat. Um, so if, if you have your carpet cleaning built into this, it creates a really interesting model, right? Because you can get your lead acquisition for the repair aspect and then yes. get the get the cross sell of the carpet cleaning or tile and grout, you know, whatever floor cleaning you're already an expertise in and then build that into your repeat 
program and making sure that you've got right. a good client retention strategy. Um, and so it, it just seems like a very interesting add-on model to me if I'm already an established business, especially if I'm one who's not doing real well at the, you know, maybe the pay-per-click or digital advertising. Now you've got an in. How often do these guys, are you hooking up with guys who already have cleaning businesses and then do they ask you, hey, can you do something similar for the cleaning <clears throat> side of what I do? Like, how does that fit together? Right. If I'm if I'm a yeah, clean, perfect cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Joe. I'm sorry. Did you want to finish? No, no, that's fine. I think you got the gist of the question. Yeah. So um, I don't. So on our trucks, on our business cards, on all of our, you know, my shirt, Phoenix carpet repair and cleaning, I don't spend any money normally for carpet cleaning. All of our, you know, um, uh, calls that are coming in uh, at first were for carpet repair. But what I did was I started doing press releases on my website. I started, I'm doing one a month right now for Phoenix carpet repair and cleaning for restoration. And I'm doing one a month for water restoration now, a press release. Um, they, those are very valuable. And so I wanted to get to the number one spot on Google Maps for Phoenix carpet cleaning. And so I began to, you know, figure out the SEO so that I won't just pop for carpet stretching, carpet repair, pet damage. I, I'm number one for all of that. That was a lot easier because there's a lot more carpet cleaners out there, right? And building map listings and websites. And so I figured out how to rank on Google for Phoenix, that term Phoenix carpet cleaning or carpet cleaning Phoenix. So now we're getting lots of calls for carpet cleaning through, you know, internet map listings, right? Um, and, uh, you know, obviously when people are calling in for carpet repair, my office staff is trained to ask them if they need those other services, right? Um, I've been off the phones for nine years now. Um, so I have two full-time office, office staff, uh, great gals. They do an outstanding job, uh, get compliments every week uh, from customers got an amazing compliment today from the maid service that spilled bleach on that gentleman's carpet that we went to do the dye work for. And they were prepared for me to either cut it out or dye it. So we set it up, we tee it up from the beginning that there are two options, either dyeing or repair. And obviously when I left, we do the strategies for success. I've taken that class about five years ago. Every one of our customers gets a bottle of carpet spotter, free refills for life, right? So at the end of the job, we just, for instance, if your dog, I know you got a farm there, your goat or whatever, choose a hole in the carpet, <laughs> right? Um, and you don't have extra carpet laying around. We have to go in a closet because carpet runs in the dye lot. You can't just, people think you can go down to Home Depot and just buy a piece of beige carpet and it's going right. to match. Right. That's not true. I could pull up with 10, 18 wheelers with one foot remnants and I wouldn't have a match. Right. So what we do is we go in the closet. We are our smallest repair package, Joe, is 180. Okay, We don't go anywhere for less than that. Unless they're a returning carpet repair customer, we give 10% to all our return customers, 10% off. 
okay, uh, as a return client. And so they might call us back a second time. And now it's down to 162 for that small repair, okay? Um, but every one of our customers gets now a couple of water damage tags. One goes on the water heater, one goes on the water spigot outside because they're both the shutoff valves for people's homes here in Arizona. If they have a leak, they're going to go shut the water off. So out by the water spigot where they have their hose, there's a shutoff valve there. And then they're at the water heater. So we put a big red water tag with our company name and phone number on those two places. They get a review sheet that we have asking them, you know, what did you think of our service? And then they get the free bottle of carpet spotter. And my point talking about the closet is if I have to go in the closet and take a piece out of the closet, usually the carpet in the closet, a lot cleaner, right? Yep. And uh, you might ask a client, like, when's the last time you had your carpet clean, Joe? And, oh, it was about a year ago. Well, if you look at it, if they found an invoice, if they even have one, it was probably two or three years ago, right? Right. Because um, uh, people underclean their carpet. And so we put this brand new, nice, clean piece in the middle of their doorway. The repair work is beautiful, but it stands out because the carpet's soiled and dirty. And so now it's just so easy for us to cross sell carpet cleaning. Not only that, people's mindset, they think that anybody can clean carpet, right? You can go get a rug doctor from the store at Safeway and clean carpet. Uh, that doesn't mean you'll do a good job, but you can still clean carpet. So if you can go in and fix their carpet and fix this hole that they had in the carpet, for some reason, they think that you're more magical than a carpet cleaner, if that makes sense. For sure. They, it, it makes wow, you the yeah. expert. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so we position ourselves as that expert. So selling the carpet cleaning is just so easy and natural to, to have that add on value service, right? To the carpet repair. Now we, we fix their hole, but now they got a nice clean spot right in the middle. So I tell them they have two choices, get some dirt, throw it on the clean spot and do a dance on the, the, piece we sectioned in or call us and allow us to come out and clean your carpet and show you what a fantastic job we can do for you in that realm of tile and grout cleaning. Um, I don't, I don't have a rug pit here. I, I began to build a rug pit in my warehouse and I just ran out of room with trucks. We have five trucks now and I ran out of room. So I found a place that's been doing rugs here in the Valley uh, for 45 years Oh, and wow. um, I bring all my rugs to them and they give me wholesale pricing. Uh, their wholesale pricing went up. It's about a buck 75. I charge between 550 and 650 and I don't have to clean a rug. All I do is pick them up and deliver them. We had a cleaning podcast with Paul Lucas and we talked exactly about this model. Like you can get into rug cleaning without cleaning rugs and be the middleman and then, and then start to take on the small jobs that you know you can do maybe on site with your equipment that aren't a big deal and the more specialty jobs than you ship to and there's a whole pyramid essentially of uh cleaning experts rug um paul lucas probably one of the predominant rug cleaners in our industry lisa wagner being another one they have people they will ship rugs to if they get a navajo Right. Right. That they, that they don't really right. want to touch because it's worth a hundred thousand dollars or something crazy. Right. You know, some some old uh, Afghan. Then they uh, they ship it. You know, they'll package it up and ship it halfway across the country and take you care bet. of that for the client. So 
this is an interesting add-on. I, I don't, you know, we haven't really talked much about, and I think that you're right. As a repair person, it elevates your business um, to this expert status effortlessly. And then the other, the other uh, uh, services, the cleaning services, the floor cleaning services, the carpet cleaning services, they, that just becomes easy, um, an easy decision to make. Um, color repair. R Richard Mitty. Are you familiar with Richard Mitty? No. He's, not. he's a predominant carpet um, color specialist and actually had graduated, I don't know, a decade and a half ago to the place where all the mills now use him, fly him all over the country to kind of assess certain situations. He, you know, he'll do right. court cases and so forth. Um, so he's in my family as well. And so I, I always thought it was interesting. Not enough people get into color dying, dying and, and dying repair. It's, um, right. It, it's a yeah, whole took, other um, level. About four years ago, um, I took, um, Chris Howell's class. Uh, I flew to Denver, I believe it was, or Dallas. And I took his course. And as I was sitting in his class, um, I learned a long time ago, I used to be an either or kind of guy, either this or that, right? I've become a both end guy. So what I did was, as I was in his class, I had my content writer build out pages for uh, carpet dyeing to put on my Phoenix uh, carpet repair and cleaning site. That That's one of the services that we offer. But I also built out phoenixcarpetdying.com, a separate web page i did the same thing joe with rugs on my phoenixcarpetrepair.com site one of the services is rugs one of the services is carpet dyeing. one of the services is restoration but i also built out separate websites with separate phone numbers and addresses so that it positions me as the expert in each of those areas so for instance someone with a and i've I've picked up $50,000, $75,000 rugs uh, from people. And normally they're not going to call a carpet cleaner to no. come pick up that rug. Right. They're going to call a rug specialist. Or restoration um, professional. You know, there's yeah. a lot of guys here in town that have a knee kicker in the back of their carpet cleaning van. They have a cookie cutter for carpet repair. But when it comes to doing, you know, pattern match, loop, pile you know repairs in hotel rooms and hallways and you know some intricate stuff um they're not going to call a carpet cleaner to do that honestly they, they want someone that's it's their niche it's their specialty so i don't know i just learned and again there's many ways to do things i'm not saying my way is the only way to do it for sure but it's the way i chose to do it is slowly as i add these services I'm going to put them on my main website, but then I'm going to build a whole nother website and sometimes business like the water restoration. So I was a little nervous a year and a half ago or so when I started, when I took Barry Costa's, you know, IICRC uh, water class. And uh, I was like, you know, man, I don't want to go mess up something and then someone sue me and all the hard work that i built for phoenix carpet repair you know they'll get everything so i figured out i'm going to start a separate llc and i didn't want to inflate my carpet repair and cleaning numbers with restoration numbers in there so that's why i chose to for a couple of reasons chose to do it separately you know there's 
there's so many things like some of my guys are in the Midwest where there's a lot more hardwood. So uh, I'm talking to them about becoming an expert in hardwood cleaning. Um, you know, rugs obviously is a whole separate color restoration, you know, doing full room dyeing. I chose not to do that, but there's money to be made there. I just stick to the bleach uh, you know, repair. Um, I'm thinking down the road as I build this water restoration company, maybe doing air vent cleaning. And I'm the kind of guy, if I do the air vent cleaning, if, if I do that type of business, I'm not going to buy the little add on machine. I'm going to buy the full truck that does it, you know, uh, in my opinion, the right way. Um, I'm, you know, kind of going all in, if that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, there's so many services. It's like a, a buffet and this carpet repair has been, you know, the, the foot in the door, um, you know, catalyst um, to build, you know, what I'm building here in Phoenix and what I'm coaching guys to build in their businesses, you know, throughout the United States and Canada I have one location, in Canada. Uh, right now I'm building him a water restoration site. Uh, one of the little side businesses I've recent, recently got into is buying and selling restoration equipment. And it's been an amazing little side gig. I mean, I'm man, it's very exciting. I mean, um, it's very sad, though, too, because people spend, for instance, there's a company, a guy that I met online. He advertised restoration equipment and he started a restoration company and it was 70 grand worth of equipment restoration equipment, 70 grand to buy into the franchise. And that's not counting, you know, all the other little things to get up and running. And he did it for a year and the franchise or, or the franchise or the, the main company that sold the franchise couldn't get him enough work. And so he went belly up. So I just bought, I'm in the process of buying all his equipment for about 40 cents on the dollar. Mm. And it's brand new. It's been used like three times. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of that, which is sad. You know, the thing that really gets me excited about my business is most of the time, Joe, and I'm not exaggerating at all. I have other people that can vouch for this, that well, a person's training by Thursday or Friday, their fourth or fifth day of training. If, if, if they followed my coaching before they got here, they're starting to get phone calls and booking jobs before they're back to their home state. Yeah. And it's a big what, deal. what that does to them is it really builds their confidence that I know what I'm doing, you know, that we know what we're doing and, and we have a model that really, really works. And so, um, I'm real excited about selling this to businesses like Raleigh, um, Charlotte, um, uh, North Carolina just got those guys up and running the last few months and, and they were running their own business. There's a guy in Charlotte, his name is uh, Anthony, and he he runs a business there and has been running a business for a while. He used to be a carpet installer. He had a heart attack and couldn't install anymore because that's very demanding. We do zero carpet installation. I don't mess with it. Um, I refer that work out if, if it gets to that point where a person needs their carpet, you know, replaced, but, um, he's running his business and he's, he's a good guy and he's an expert carpet repair guy. He knows what he's doing. He installed for 30 plus years, but he, he couldn't get his phone to ring. And 
I stepped in. I didn't charge him a dollar. I said, listen, I'm going to do you a solid here because I feel like you're a good guy. We talked a few times on the phone. I said, I'm not going to charge you anything, but I'm going to prove to you that this works. Give me two weeks. So in two weeks, I sent him thousands of dollars worth of work. Well, guess what? He signed up you know, with the program right after that. And yeah. he's very happy. We, we, we quadrupled his income, Joe. It's good stuff, man. And it's very exciting to me because you can change someone's life by quadrupling their income. <laughs> For sure. For sure. And Robert, um, that's a, that's you know, a that very creates, amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's just cool. You know, to be able to just like you, you know, one of the things that impresses me about you, Joe, First of all, I think you're a stand-up guy. I've watched, you know, from afar. Uh, I, I trust you. Um, you know, there's other uh, CRMs that have offered me free accounts, and I chose to stick with Service Monster because of your integrity and what I've seen you do and build and your customer service and, and watching you build your business. Um, so I'm a fan of Service Monster and of you. Um, I appreciate personally. that. Um, and, um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, the stuff works, you know, and, and you're very passionate about what you do because you know, if someone gives you a chance, it, it's going to work for sure. And that's just yeah. how I feel. If you give me a chance, um, you know, now I had a guy call me from a very small area in Washington. He's like, like 10,000 in population. Right. And I was I was very frank with them. I said, listen, I like to be my smallest location is 750,000 people. Uh, do I feel like I can help you in your area? I do. But it's going to take a lot more guerrilla marketing, you know, ground and pound, educating those people. And, and you probably, you know, not to discourage him, but you're probably not going to have four trucks in, a, in an area that small. I'm not saying it's not possible, but. You know, the Highly numbers unlikely. just aren't there. Right. right, right. And so, you know, he, he, he was very intrigued and wanted to sign up. And I think I talked him out of signing up, you know, I mean, because <laughs> I want it to be a win-win situation, right? Um, I want people to make money. And if they're making money, hey, I can make my little piece. Um, and if I build out, you know, 60, 70, 80 of these things, a hundred of these things over time, uh, you know, I'd be doing very well, quite frankly, with that. And uh, I like, I, I really like in business, not having um, one point of failure. When I was in the ministry, I had one point of failure. If you didn't get along with the elders in the church, you know, it was stressful and you can be fired, you know, and be let go and, you know, that type of thing. So I learned a very valuable lesson in my 17 years in the ministry, not to have one uh, point of failure to, you know, have multiple streams of income, you know, build multiple things so that um, if one dips, it's not going to ruin you, right? Speaking of which, how did you guys fare through the COVID pandemic yeah uh, quite honestly when when they shut down arizona for those two months that they shut it down we took about a 35 percent hit um for two months 
And then after it opened back up, you know, where you still had to wear masks, and but it was open. Um, I wouldn't say it went exactly back to normal, but it started to climb. Last month, we had a great month, March. And, uh, you know, April is uh, starting out to be a great month. So I'm very hopeful. I think the thing that really helped me, number one is, I have a nest egg always. I always have, you know, I'm, I'm an Italian from New Jersey, Joe. I have money stuffed under my pillow, you know, <laughs> under the mattress, okay? Um, uh, besides having money in the bank, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I always have reserves, liquid reserves, always. And I have two pit bulls and about 25 guns in my house. So let someone come and try to take it, you know? They got to take me out to get it. So, um, uh I'm a believer in that. And then I think uh, the water restoration, honestly, this last year and a half, it's been super, super encouraging. You know, my biggest mistake in my business right now, currently, hands down, is I wish I would have started water restoration eight, nine years ago. Yep. I, I really believe that whole wholeheartedly. And, and I mean, I was an, an old employee called me today. Um, uh, to ask a couple questions. And uh, I told him I had started water restoration. He says, well, are you guys on call for that? I said, no, I am right now. Um, you know, it's me. Uh, my, my carpet repair cleaning guys are not on call. They don't work at night. They work, you know, Monday through Friday from eight to five 30 and every other Saturday. Okay. They don't, we don't go out and do work for anybody at night. Uh, I'm closed at night. And I know that opens up, I could be doing commercial work and having trucks out at night. Maybe someday I do that, but right now I'm not there, but I go out and I take those water restoration calls. And I think in a year and a half, a year and three quarters, I think I've been out uh, past seven o'clock at night, two or three times, a handful of times. Most people find their leak first thing in the morning when they wake up for work or when they get home from work five, six o'clock. And so it's not like my phone's ringing off the hook at midnight. We're a small restoration company to start off. We're not this huge restoration company, but you know, respectively, I think we can do 250, 300,000 this year, just on the water restoration side. Uh, and that's not killing myself, you know? I mean, just kind of uh, a, a job a week or so, maybe two jobs a week. Um, and I'm, I'm focusing on category one, water damage, clean water. Right. Yep. Uh, that's my, my niche. I'm not chasing water. I'm not, you know, chasing fire, any of that stuff. I don't Storm want chaser. that. I'll, I'll give yeah. that work away to somebody else. But um, that's my biggest mistake, not doing water restoration earlier. Yeah. I mean, in, in all fairness too, water restoration isn't for everybody, right? The paperwork, the ins dealing with the insurance people and the systems that you have to put in place and all that Agreed. stuff is, uh, you know, is, could be taxing, but I really think, yeah, but this repair thing, man, it's very, very interesting because it doesn't come with any of that headache. Um, it's probably nope. easier than moving hoses and pushing an RX-20. Um, 100%. Dealing, with, dealing with stairs and, you know, Mrs. Jones, I still still see the stain, even though it's a figment of her imagination at this point. Right. Um, and, and the trust that goes along with that, because you are the expert. That's just really super intriguing to me. And I think that um, not enough 
of the cleaning industry who run really nice businesses but really want to go to that next level have thought about it. And I think it's something that they should think about. And of course, it would be easy to start by giving you a call (laughs) and seeing, A, is there availability in the area? Um, Because if, you know, if you're just going to show up, train them, and then they're going to start getting work, it's, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. Um, It really is, especially for the amount of money, you know, that it costs and, you know, you think about it, some people go, $15,000. Well, 3000 of it is for tools. Right. So, you know, I mean, I don't make any money on the tools. Quite and frankly, a week's, I purchase- week's worth of training. I mean, that in and of itself is, you know, pretty good. I think that, yeah. I don't think the, the balk would be fifteen grand. I think the balk, because of this industry's, let's call it uh, propensity to be not spend a lot of money. <laughs> They'll bend right. over the freaking dollar to pick up the nickel. I think that right. it's the $1,200 a month that might get them to go to wince a little bit. But if you look at the fact that you're bringing them leads and that the total number of jobs acquired by those leads will certainly pay for the costs and the marketing expense, you can just look at it as simply a marketing expense. And as a marketing right. expense, 1200 bucks a month is very reasonable. If you look at, you know, your typical website digital management on specific keywords where they'll charge you, you know, three grand a month for a specific keyword set. And here you're doing the whole kit and caboodle on the repair and the digital management of that marketing for them. So I think it's very reasonable, uh, assuming that you're able to land those numbers. But I think your model of sticking to highly densely populated areas and the fact that not a lot of people out there specialize in repair work. I would be willing to bet, though, and I'd have to do a long-term study on this. And fortunately, most of your guys are on Service Monster, so I could probably do it if I wanted to. Um, right. That that the repeat rate and crossover to other cleaning services will increase the volume of revenue from those cleaning services um, by a significant amount. Again, because it's that mentality. As long as you've got a good that good client retention in place, they're like, right. oh, he's the carpet repair guy that also cleans carpet. Not the carpet right. cleaning guy who also does repair. I think there's a big difference. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You know, um, I remember my uh, my uncle, Dominic, he, he's, he's still in Las Vegas. That's where I moved to Las Vegas and I stayed with for about a uh, eight, nine months before I got my own place when I moved there when I was 19. He said, you used to be a, a big fish in a small bowl back in my hometown in New Jersey. And now you moved away and you're a small fish in a, you know, a, a bit in an ocean. Although Las Vegas at the time was about 275,000 people when I moved there in 86. It was way smaller than where I was from in New Jersey. He was just teaching me, you know, a mentality. Um, uh, difference. And I think, you know, with the carpet cleaning side of thing, there's just so many more people in that business, right? I mean, right. you could go get a little portable for a couple thousand and throw it in your Honda yep. Civic trunk and now you're in business, right? Yep. Totally. Um, you could watch a couple YouTube videos on how to clean carpet or, you know, everyone has an uncle or friend that, you know, had, they had in their house to clean carpet and they paid $200 to get their carpet clean. Oh man, it took them an hour. I'm going to start my own carpet cleaning business, right? Yep. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. And with the repair, you know, there's this mystique 
to it, you know, that yep. um, it's much harder to learn. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of practice and it's hands on. You're 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 working with scalpels and scissors, all sharp, sharp objects, as Ed could attest uh, from yeah, Dallas. Exactly. Right? <laughs> um, um, so, you know, Got there's that all over Ross Perot's house. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> funny, funny thing is he went to the hospital. He, he had to call his competitor to come in Dallas to come finish the job. Because oh, uh, he wasn't going to be able to work for you know a week with stitches in his hand, he showed back up at that home. The butler and maid maid had his tools all neatly by the front door. They had gotten the droplets of blood that he ran to get on the tile, you know, cupping the blood to get off uh, the carpeted area. They had all the blood up. Uh, his competitor had finished stretching the carpet, and uh, he picked up his tools and headed out. <laughs> very good hey adam you've been uh sitting there silent like a good a good co-host you have any questions for our <laughs> friend mr atlas yeah i've had a, a couple things pop up the um first off i just want to know kind of an interesting thing one of the things that always came up um just in my time here at service monster or just you know knowing people who have run a franchise or something i worked at restaurants growing up and so forth there's always a kind of interesting kind of psychological bit to it where a lot of small business owners, a big part of the reason why they start their own business is they really don't like having a boss or someone who tells them what to do or is controlling things. And so the thing I find really interesting with kind of your setup is because it's not a, you know, a true, you know, full kind of franchise, like they really have the freedom still to be their own business, you know, just kind of helping them with that lead generation and training. So I do think that that's really interesting. Um, the thing that I really wanted to ask you is you had it in your bio, so I had it kind of uh, locked and loaded here, ready to go. Um, you said that you, you started this whole thing when you were in uh, Las Vegas. What really was it that kind of got you into the repair side of it rather than just cleaning? Oh, that's funny. I'm glad you asked that question. Um, it's a funny story. So I was 20 years old. I don't know. This is incriminating, but I'll, I'll just be honest. Uh I got myself a fake ID so I can get in bars in Las Vegas. I was 20. And there was this bar down the street from my house called Doc and Eddie's. It was a pool hall. And um, we ended up uh, doing the janitorial work every morning at 5 a.m., seven days a week. We would vacuum, you know, sweep, mop the bathrooms, do the garbages, shine up the brass. And I met a guy in there. His name is Michael Walker. And he was a carpet installer. And I was in these, you know, apartments, right? We were doing mainly apartment carpet cleaning. 30 bucks for a one bedroom, 35 for a two bedroom, and 45 bucks for a three bedroom, you know, vacant yeah. apartment. <laughs> and I was servicing a lot of apartment communities at the time. I got it up to, I think, 32 or 35 apartment communities that had, you know, a minimum of 350 units. So we were, you know, quantity, right? Burning and turning, you know, these apartments. Well, every apartment had a cigarette burn in it, had the carpet receding from the front door, and I didn't know how to fix it. And I met this guy, Mike Walker, at Doc and Eddie's, and we became friends, and he was a carpet installer. And I had just obviously moved to Vegas, and I was working out, and I was in good shape. I used to wrestle and box, so I stayed in good shape. And uh, he asked me, he was a carpet installer by day and a male stripper at night. 
It's the most <laughs> Vegas thing I've ever heard. That's right. Yep. That's- <laughs> and and basically, he wanted me to start stripping because he said, "Hey, man, you're not a bad looking guy. You're in good shape, man." There's, the girls are pretty and there are a lot of them and we're in Vegas. And I'm like, listen, I'm really trying to go a different direction with my life. But <laughs> what I would ask of you is, can you teach me, you know, how to fix carpet? Do you know how to do that? You install it. He's like, oh yeah, it's easy. So a couple of times vacant apartments, I would, I'd call him and he'd come over and he, he had the tools, obviously he was a carpet installer and he showed me how to restretch the carpet, showed me how to fix a, a cigarette burn and that type of stuff. And so um, about a month after he taught me how to do it, he decided to quit um, doing carpet installation uh, and go into stripping full time. And um, crazy story about that, kind of sad in some ways. In 1998, I moved to Phoenix to become a pastor at ASU, Arizona State University. That was my job. I was going to be leading the campus ministry there. And uh, I was leaving and I was in my Jeep and I was at a red light on, um, on a, right, right down the street from the Hard Rock Cafe and the light changed green and he walked right in front of this guy walked right in front of my Jeep and he was all strung out and he looked up at me and it was Mike Walker and I pulled over and I hadn't seen him in, in years. We went two different directions and he confided in me and told me that he was thinking about taking his life. He had been strung out on methamphetamine and um, his life had gone a really, you know, took a bad turn with the choices he had made. And so I prayed with him on the side of the road and um, gave him my cell phone number. And I said, listen, this Sunday happens to be the last Sunday I'm going to be in church. I'm moving to Arizona. Please come to church. He promised he'd be there. He never showed up. And I moved that Sunday afternoon after church, my, my house is all packed up and, and I've tried on Facebook and LinkedIn and different places to find him over the years to encourage him by what's happened, you know, with me in this carpet repair business. And I've never been able to share the story and my success with him. And I hope, I really hope and pray that he's still around. And I hope one day, I get to, you know, share with him that him teaching me this little niche has changed my life and many other people's lives radically. Yeah. So that's the how I learned to do carpet repair story. Wow. Yeah. That's uh that's very cool. And and the ripple effect that that individual had, um, you know, right. how well we're all connected and and how little we understand our impact on other people. It's true, Joe. It really is. It, that that story. When I, every time I tell it, you know, I, I I get a little emotional thinking about Mike and where he was at that day that I ran into him, and I tried to just give him some hope and you know let him know that you know he helped me, let me help you, you know that type of thing. And and um, but uh, it's crazy, Joe. If you would have told me, you know. 15 years ago that number one, I'd be back in business myself because I did it once. I didn't think I'd ever do it again. I was very happy and content in my role doing ministry. And I really enjoyed it. I got to travel around the world. I got to help lots of people. And, and so it was very, very satisfying to me that role. But um, if you would have told me that I'd be 
doing thirty, forty thousand dollars a month and fixing holes in carpet from dogs and cats, I would have called you a liar. Uh, I would have said there's no way that there's that much pet damage. Uh, but people <laughs> love animals, and animals destroy carpet. And that's not talking about the restretching, because we got we got all these carpet installers. They're not using a power stretcher. They're knee kicking complete homes in and within a year to two years it looks like the atlantic ocean it's, yeah. it's rippled Especially and so we're these- going in and i don't i don't move furniture my employees we don't touch furniture it, it, it's a liability um so we have moving company a couple of moving companies that show up and you know help us with that and that's been really awesome again one of the things you've taught me through Service Monster and through going to Strategies for Success and some other business books that I've read over the years is systems, right? Really uh, duplicate, duplicatable systems. And um, that's something that uh, we, had, we had a meeting when we let this employee go a couple of days ago and I learned a couple of things from that whole interaction. I'm like, hey, I talked to my office manager, Kim, hey, there are a couple of things I'd like to implement from this whole situation that's happened from this point on so that, again, we can just do better, right? Um, let's do better. Let's do a better job in these areas. There was a there was room for improvement, right? And um, so anyway, I'm sorry I keep flattening my jaws, but hopefully <laughs> that answered your, uh, your it, questions. It does. And, uh, it, I think we're yeah. up, up on an hour and a half, so we probably should be Are wrapping we? up to, <laughs> to, to uh, uh, respect our viewership's time here. But uh, is there anything else, Robert, that you would like to add? I think it's been a great conversation. I, and I hope enlightening for at least a few people out there who, uh, you know, maybe wondering how they can grow their struggling business. I think this is a really good potential opportunity for a lot of people. Is there yeah, anything else you'd like to add? Fly. Yeah, I just think, number one, again, thank you, Joe. I really appreciate the opportunity and you know, talking with you guys, both of you, I really appreciate your time and, and effort. And, and, and I, I think if this could, if this helps one person, it would have been well worth the time we've spent, right? If it really has an impact with one person. And if anyone's interested and they want to know, you know, more about the opportunity or is their area open? Now, I'm all over Facebook. They could private message me. I'll give them my cell phone number and we could set up a time to chat. Uh, I'll, I'll be more than happy to give them all of my guys that I have up and running. I'm not, I have nothing to hide. I'll give them everyone's name and number. You can call them and ask them any question you know that you might have about me, about the opportunity. Is it real? You know, What are the ups and downs and pitfalls and things like that? But I think most of all, just thanks for the time. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll certainly link you on all the media that uh, is created out of this on uh, YouTube and Facebook. So, Robert, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. Have a great evening. Yeah, yeah you, you too. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, don't go anywhere yet. Okay. I'm just going to shut it down <laughs> on the uh, service. Hey, thank you for your attention, and uh, be safe. Huh? Until next week. Have a good one.